Hey there, it's Something Human with Evan and Isaac, and we're going to talk about whatever we feel like. There you go. So after last time we did our podcast, we didn't really mention that uh, <clears throat> we're capping ourselves at 30 minutes, and we've got a little mechanism in place to keep us accountable to that. Yeah, the phone alarm is going to ring violently (laughs) at 30 minutes. There's nothing very gentle about it, so... No, no, but there are way too many podcasts that are simply too long. There'll be an hour, sometimes like an hour and a half, and ain't nobody got time for that. No way. Yeah, and and it's funny when you actually watch people turn the speed on their podcast or whatever they're listening to up to like 1.75 just for that very reason. I listen to all my podcasts at two times speed. Dude, seriously? Yeah, so I'm actually at three because some people talk freaking slow. Well, how can you listen that fast? <laughs> it's, an, it's You acclimate to it. You're, oh, you, wow. you, yeah, you, you, you adjust. Boy, your, your, uh, your bandwidth for like intaking data is just so much wider than mine. I have to like slow it down. <laughs> Go point. I listen to all my audiobooks on point five. Are you serious? No, I'm just kidding. Oh my goodness. Because <laughs> audiobooks so, they're already slow to begin with. Audiobooks yeah. are like this yeah. slow. Yeah. If you're looking for five steps to become a successful entrepreneur. The weird yeah. thing is if anyone listens to this at two times speed, that's gonna that's sound gonna like sound real normal. life. It'll sound normal. They're like, hey, what happened? It sounds pretty ordinary to me. Yeah. Once I, I so I've been doing that for so long that uh, I actually just got used to the intro music of my podcasts at two times speed. And for one point, <laughs> I just it, I moved it back to one time or like normal speed. You didn't I can't like remember it. Why. And the songs <laughs> felt so slow. I'm like, my goodness, pick up the pace on these songs. <laughs> yeah, It's like if you you listen to a remix before you ever listened to the original song, you hear the real thing and you're like, I don't think I like this as much. Yeah. Um, so that's the alarm. Yeah, so you are probably taking mm-hmm. up a few minutes of, of what we're going to talk okay. about. That's okay. It's worth acknowledging. Just know that, you know, we're going to get like five seconds to say goodbye after that happens. But uh, no formal outro, just a hard stop. That's it. Because that's what real life is like. You know, the real- train comes and you yeah. have to hop on. <laughs> yeah. Choo choo. It's coming through. There, no, the conductor's not going to say, oh, are you finished? I'll, I'll sit here and wait. He's just going <laughs> to yeah. come blasting. So that's what we do here, I guess. <laughs> So, um, yeah, you had wanted to talk about superheroes, superheroes. <laughs> yeah. Where's yeah. my super you know, suit? Where's... <laughs> you did it better yeah. than I did. Where's my super suit? No, that's <laughs> funny. Cause like I, um, someone, uh, from, well, somebody referred to Bryce as Frozone the other day. And I was like, I don't remember the context of it. I think it had to He's do with 0% like... white enough. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it had to do with the ice or something because it was oh. so snowy the last couple of weeks. Oh, but okay. like when I heard it, I didn't want to like plug our podcast, but I was going to be like, wait, you did guys? I say zero? Zero. I think he, I know you meant to say he's not black enough to be Frozone. Yes. Yeah. That's what you meant, right? Yes. Okay. That's fine. I, I took, I understood what you were getting at. Um, yeah. Anyway, though, uh, superheroes. Um, yeah. Specifically, um, you know, I mean, with, uh, Avengers like Endgame coming up in like a month, I guess. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. You see, it's tough <laughs> to keep track of, right? Yeah. Um, I remember a blog article I read like three years ago that was something titled like every Marvel film Disney plans to release until like 2022. And just as I looked at that schedule, it was staggering. 
it was right around the time that Doctor Strange came out, I think. Um, but anyway, I'm going to already start start kicking things off here. But um, look, let's say you tell me what you think. I got I've got some love for Marvel. I've got some love for Stan Lee. I have fun with them. I don't go and watch a Marvel film for how great its plot is. Um, and I think that's a common argument that people have with the action genre in general is they'll say it's not about the story, man. But it's like that being said, despite the great action set pieces they have, like people still want like some kind of a story that they can get invested in, even if it's, you know, admittedly not the greatest thing in the world. You got to have something. And um, what I was getting at when I said superhero fatigue, it's like a sort of documented phenomenon that I've at least seen written about that um, Hollywood's trying to explain or maybe DC is trying to explain away why their movies always suck and vomit the box office. <laughs> people are just tired of superhero movies. I think that people to some degree are tired of not superhero movies, but they're tired of the same stories being told over and over again. And um, I think Marvel and Disney know that and they're trying to innovate, but they're also not going to deviate from their genre too much. I think there's also a degree to which maybe people aren't tired of superheroes as a whole, but they're tired of um, the means by which superheroes portray themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am truly sick of superhero <laughs> movies as a whole. I I don't share any of the love for Marvel that you do. Not any of it. Not <laughs> which is fine. I, we can play good cop bad cop. I'm not gonna. I'm not here to try to persuade you to enjoy Marvel so, films. <laughs> I I liked the Dark Knight movies. It's not Marvel. It's not Marvel, but it's superhero. We're not talking about right. Marvel. We're talking right. about superheroes. Oh, okay, oh, fair enough. You got me there. Yeah. I See mean, how the two are synonymous, people, though? <laughs> some people would uh, argue that DC is not superhero. It's too subpar. I don't know. It's, <laughs> well, I mean, Batman, all, it's all pretty crappy in my he, I mean, he technically opinion. doesn't have any superpowers other than just being fabulously rich, a martial arts master, and the world's greatest detective. And that's exactly, I think, why I liked it. It's because I wasn't... Um, they didn't try to suck me in with a person who just for a very random reason is stronger than everybody else. <laughs> um, he's like a human uh-huh. and I can relate. Who are you thinking of when you say that? Uh, Hulk maybe. Oh, okay. Um, Captain America, maybe uh-huh. I'm sure they all have stories behind them, but no, I going <laughs> yeah. to take off some cartoon people if you because I'm sure there are cartoons that explain some sort of backstory, but I can't imagine it's it's enriching. Well, <laughs> I love that. I love it because you're saying like what I actually really probably feel, but I've just maybe I've assimilated everyone else's opinion that, oh, Marvel's just for fun. It's OK. And it's like, no, actually, this this, this is pretty played out. But um, the Hulk, like, let's pick on him for a minute. The Hulk has had like. He's had three separate actors in this whole live action era. Can't remember the first guy. It was um, the Hulk like 2001 or 2002. Anyway, it was one of the first like real superhero movies, like when CGI was like brand new. Um, There I go saying like here's here's where it happens. Um, So CGI was fairly new and the Hulk got a movie from Marvel and like Sony, I want to say. And um it was poorly received. I remember going to see it with um, some like elementary school friends and like one of my friends' moms who had to take us because it was PG 13 <laughs> and we were like PG seven. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, it was pretty, it was received pretty poorly. The, um, I mean, the Hulk's backstory was like, 
he gets gamma radiation inside a laboratory and somehow, you know, as a result of science, you know, uh, whatchamadoohickeys, which is the technical term, he uh, is able to turn into a gigantic green beast when he's angered. Isn't that kind of the backstory of a lot of these? Now that I think about it, is it something some, sciencey happens? <laughs> there was like a lab malfunction, and now they are like, um, what's the word when cells um, mutate? And there was yeah, a they mutation. Mutate. Well, yeah, that's that's true. Body or something like that. That's actually quite a bit of a Marvel in general. It seems like because well, the X Men in, in their entirety, they're all mutants, but uh, most of them were born that way. I'm not really an expert on the lore of all the superhero movies. X Men are my least favorite really <laughs> yeah and here's the reason and this is really a reason i dislike superheroes in general and i i probably implied it earlier mm -hmm. but it's the fact that i don't sense any sort of creativity and what i mean by that is with x-men especially um and as it is sequels especially mm -hmm. they just formulated whatever character they needed so if there's a villain who has fire well, you can just make up a character whose mutation is that they can like spout fire or not spout fire, but spout <laughs> water out of their hands. Oh, or, to defeat him. And it's just uh -huh. it's so arbitrary. So one X-Men can like think metal into moving and one X-Men can uh, change her appearance, including her clothing. <laughs> Mystique. Uh, I don't remember the names. Um, and the Wolverine just like has wolverine things so it's super arbitrary <laughs> it's so arbitrary it literally feels uh -huh. like oh man well well just wolverine. make up a new character did you see uh logan though no uh because like wolverine like if, if there's anyone out of that lineup that deserves a little bit of like a case to be made it would probably be hugh jackman in his portrayal of wolverine like uh mostly because it's gone through a few different phases um, from the early days, like I think X-Men, the first one came out in like 2001. It was really early on. And um, uh, they but Hugh Jackman, uh, he starred in Logan, which is basically, you know, Logan. Man, I'm such an I'm such a non expert on this. It's hard to give you facts. But Logan something can't remember his last name is the name of, you know, Wolverine in real life. That, like, you know, in the in canon, that's his name. And uh, it was a, a movie that was rated R and it was a much more human look at the guy. Um, and they told a very different story um, and it was it was very well received. It was actually really good. OK, um, but because it broke the genre, and that's kind of what I think is the most important uh, thing that's contributing to people being bored of this Because even like on a like it, looking at Infinity War that came out last year. People got hyped about it because there was supposedly like 10 years of buildup for it. All of the different character arcs they had going were supposed to intersect, and they did. But part of it, I think that they made did into two hours of invincible people punching each other. <laughs> two and a half hours well, of invincible well, people punching each other. Half an hour of it was more than just punching. I'm saying, like, of the there two was also and a half some hours, kicking. there was literally almost two hours of invincible people punching each 15 other. Fifteen minutes of lasers. But, sorry, too. I, I, I interrupted. <laughs> no, it's fine. Like, I'm not an apologist here. I'm not trying to, like, make you like these. I'm just saying that, like, so Josh Brolin is uh, Thanos. Um, I liked that even though he wasn't perfect, he was at least because this is the biggest problem I have is that villains are portrayed so one dimensionally. Like, you're given really no choice but to hate them, usually. 
where it's like they want world conquest and that's kind of it. They woke up like pissed at everybody <laughs> and they're like, you know, what? I'm just going to take this place over. They don't really ever seem to have like a great idea as to what they're going to do to the planet galaxy slash universe other than they're just going to rule it. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean everybody pays them? Do they get to continue <laughs> on? There's no assessment as to like what how's it going to change as a result of like general zod like terraforming the planet so what everyone bows down at two o'clock each day to like say their <laughs> prayers to zod it's like it's boring because that's not really like real evil i mean what would i know but it seems like it's more interesting when like even in black panther where you can almost empathize with the antagonist and i felt like thanos despite being you know grimace's purple giant brother um grimace from mcdonald's anyway that joke's been made before Despite being, you know, a giant purple monster, <laughs> he was slightly more relatable because they gave him. Uh, and you saw Infinity War, right? Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Oh, two and a half hours you'll never get back, huh? <laughs> well, he was I saw it with friends, so that makes it OK. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, choose to watch it on my own. But um, what Thanos wanted to do by thinning out half the world's population, he had some rationale behind it. And, you know, he might be totally wrong and he probably is, you know, and it's fictional anyway. So who cares? But at least you can kind of look at what the villains doing and see that they've got something that motivates them other than just like a generic power lust. But going back to 1984, um, going back, the book, we right? haven't, I mean, we haven't talked about it. That was the wrong <laughs> going forward. Yeah. <laughs> moving in uh -huh. to George Orwell's mm -hmm. 1984, the realization of those, um, tyrants was the their realization that all they wanted was power mm -hmm. um, and for most of history in this fictional um, universe like the nazis and other and the romans and people like that it always justified their world domination efforts um for some sort of cause that they uh -huh. but george orwell was making the point that no these people really just simply do want power and if if Marvel can maybe pull that off and present it like George Orwell could, mm -hmm. then maybe you could create an interesting story. But you're right. At the moment, it's just like, OK, people want to dominate and other people want to stop people from dominating. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things break in the process of punching people. <laughs> and well, and yeah, yeah and I don't know. That's I, I follow you. Yeah. And actually, I think that that brings me an interesting idea that part of what made 1984 interesting was not so much just the objective of they wanted total power, but the means in which they tried to seize it. Um, right. It was about completely limiting control by, by means of limiting thought and speech and freedom of action at all from the people of the world. Yeah. Um, with through a, you know, a subversive network of, you know, what big brother, you know, as a virus that really kind of took over the society and in relatable ways using technology mm -hmm. as a metaphor and a means to, you know, show you, cause we don't have any godlike beings having battles over New York city right now. Proverbially we might like, you know, people who are like Jungian, you know, students from, you know, a psychological perspective might say that we have the metaphorical representation of that with our world powers or something, you know, or with nuclear weapons, but it's not like we have, you know, Superman, versus oh no let's not talk about batman v superman um <laughs> that deserves its own episode um <laughs> uh but um 
we don't have anything that's quite as relatable as that. And it seems like the conflicts that we would have that would end up limiting all of our power as a nation or as individuals would be fought in a different way than super beings punching the crap out of each other. Yeah. And so maybe you could get away with a superhero movie if it was a local superhero of sorts. Um, I, I mean, just like the Batman personality, maybe where it's a guy mm-hmm. who works out a lot is incredibly, <laughs> he's incredibly intelligent and he notices something in his local sphere that's mm-hmm. going on. And um, he uses some of like the, they use the special effects that they use in superhero movies and some of the action scenes and something like that mm-hmm. to make, um, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't even like where I'm going with this right now. It still yeah. doesn't feel like it's something I'd want to watch. No, I actually think you're, you're right though. Cause well, we haven't, you know, given it any personality or backing yet, but like to use the dark Knight, since it was literally the first one you mentioned as a, and most people would agree. It was probably the golden era of superhero movies. It was great. Um, and that's not an exaggeration. It was really superb. Um, and part of that was Christopher Nolan insisted on doing it his way. Um, and that's why they brought him back for number three, even though he's like, no, I was I was done. Like, I didn't. He did Batman Begins because he was contracted to. And then it was like, if I'm going to stay on and do the second one, we're doing it my way. And that's why it was as good as it was. They let the man be free with his project. And he had a better idea than the film directors or than the, you know, like Hollywood board. of You, you know what I'm talking about? The suits, the Dabalinas. Yes. Did you, do you know what Dabalinas are? Um, no, I don't. It's a good word. You should put it in your vocabulary. What it's does it mean? Pretty much like any stuff shirt, like lawyer, attorney type wearing <laughs> okay. a suit. A Dabalina. A Dabalina. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a character in Age of Empires back when I played that game <laughs> from the German army called the Doppelschneider. <laughs> Doppelschneider. I have a friend whose last name is Schneider. If I ever find a twin for him, that'll be the twin's name is the Doppelschneider. Which is so similar to Doppelganger. It is. Yeah, well, so then you have idea. a Doppelganger, Doppelschneider. Doppelschneider-ganger. <laughs> um, but so, oh, The yeah, Dark but, Knight, mm-hmm. um, you had incredible characters with the um, with the Joker. The Joker. The, and of course, that's just not, not a lot of people debate on that. But the but, Joker isn't, he's not like a, you know, godlike being either. He's just, no, he's, he's, just, really, a, he's just a weird psychotic person. He's human-ish. Like, I mean, yeah, he's he's weirdly twisted. And but he, um, you hear the you hear some of the backstory, I think, with his father. It's been a long time since I mentioned it. Where uh-huh. was it? His he father actually who, has no backstory. He has no backstory. Uh-huh. Uh, who was it? Who 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 um, cut his mouth? He well, that's the thing. This, this is this is I uh, thought there was some backstory. Yeah, that. that's the thing that's interesting about the Joker and his backstory. I just watched a wisecrack um, on this, like why the, the Joker has no origin and why that makes him like the most scary villain of them all is nobody really knows where he came from. And in the dark night, he tells he always asks, you're right. He says, do you want to know how I got these scars? And uh, he says that like three times throughout the movie. And he's got a different story each time. He keeps randomizing his backstory. And that's what's unnerving about it. And supposedly there's a movie coming out soon. This might actually end up being a good one. Um, But there's a movie coming out soon where uh, it's all about the Joker's origin. And oh, uh, no. this is what's this, yeah, exactly. That's what this a lot of people also, you were just talking about how that's kind of the beauty of the, of uh-huh. the villain is because we don't know his origin. And that exactly. Makes scary. And and so he's like gonna... that in the comics, too. Ah. But um, this is why Wisecrack did the video. They were saying, hey, is it worthwhile to even give the Joker an origin or is the fact that he has one has none? Um, is that why we like him so much? It's because we don't know. It makes him scarier. 
kind of like in a monster movie, it's scarier if you can't see the monster. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it sounds like the director might be doing something really unconventional with it, where it's kind of an origin movie, but you don't really get a clear answer. Like, it's more of an exploration. Like, in the comics, I guess there have been, like, cases of the Joker basically exists in, like, several universes, and it happened one way this time, and he forgets how it happened, and they could do something oh. interesting, maybe, where... I, I don't that know. Sounds... People who are paid to be more clever than I am, um, like might be able to write a way where it's in, interpretable but not concrete at all. So another aspect that deals with the Joker and the Dark Knight mm -hmm. um, is the amount of psychological. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's trauma, horror. Well, there's yeah, it's kind of like psychological horror as uh -huh. far as the genre, but the it's. That movie messes with your mind. It does. And <clears throat> in, mm -hmm. in other superhero movies just simply don't do that. There's no there's no level of thought at that level. Mm -hmm. No level of thought at that level. That was redundant. <laughs> but I didn't even catch that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I like a because, good redundance. Oh, my goodness. Here's one I can't stand is um, Captain America Civil War. So oh. they took that movie and they tried to make it interesting, but they they tried to make the story interesting by... Um, oh, what was it? Uh, Iron Man like had some. Yeah, it was like some, Bucky killed Iron Man's parents or something. Yeah, it was Iron Man was still salty about his parents' death. Yeah, and honestly, it just felt it didn't Captain feel America. deep. It just uh -huh. felt like they were being babyish and they couldn't get over the pain of their past. In a really, amen to that, dude. And and they tried to they tried to I feel add that depth that the Dark Knight had maybe just by mm -hmm. adding an oh there were family struggles. But it ended up just feeling like they it was hollow. It was so hollow. And at the end, they start trying to kill each other. Yeah. Over something that happened like 30 plus years ago. Yeah. And they never they never gave you a good reason to to like latch on to that emotionally. It wasn't relatable. And not only that, but Captain America is always always trying to save Bucky from like the law and accountability just because like as the Winter Soldier, it's like his best friend. And it's it's a weird trope. I mean, I don't even have anything really that meaningful to say about it, but it's a little odd that so, like the central conflict of, you know, some of the movies it revolves just around Captain America trying to give his friend a free pass. Like, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> that's like any supposed to symbolize American patriotism or something, I guess, which doesn't make sense. Well, honestly, yeah. Captain America is like he's my he's worth me saying like a few times. He's like my least favorite Avenger. <laughs> of course i like iron man who wouldn't um but maybe you don't that's fine um I mean, if i had to choose one to yeah. like i'd probably choose iron man simply because he says some funny things and i like yeah. It a lot. <laughs> yeah yeah he's definitely got he's got well he's also not you know I mean, he is kind of like a godlike super being but he's a little bit in the bruce wayne category of stark enterprise industries enterprises is it doesn't yeah. matter I is it remember. wayne enterprises and stark and Whatever. Um, I'm Isn't not an LLC or a yeah. C Corp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How does he do his tax tax filing? How does Iron Man write off that that? Uh, does he have that suit insured? Like, what's going on there? He's got a hydraulic press in his basement. I mean, that can't be. What's the zoning on his <laughs> zoning on his property? That's a good. That's Zoned a good episode. for yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> Where do the Avengers live, and what kind of properties do they live on? Um. <laughs> um anyway but yeah iron man's in the same category just in so far that he has a ton of money and technological expertise and he built the suit himself yeah it's not so much like 
oh, I was genetically experimented on and now my muscles are three times as big as they should be and I'm very coordinated at throwing a Frisbee around. (laughs) (laughs) And I also, the part that makes me mad about Captain America is that he doesn't, they, they tried to make him like the good boy where he'd be like, no swearing, language everybody. It's like, come on, this guy was already detestable enough. Like now he's a killjoy too. I don't know. He's very one dimensional, mm-hmm. which is the part that's frustrating because even Tony Stark is kind of up and down and, you know, he'll be like really self aggrandizing, but then also kind of come back to a human center, which um, I don't know. We could get into that, like on how the more relatable the character is from if you see that they've got some flaws, then they tend to be a bit more appealing. Um, yeah. And, and that's kind of what they tried to do with Winter Soldier mm-hmm. with. Um, Tony Stark making him vulnerable mm-hmm. and still experiencing pain from his parents' murder. Mm-hmm. But it just ended up feeling like he um, like he was taken on a victim mentality. Yeah, and they, the, they shoehorn thing, a conflict in there. Yeah, yeah. And if there's one thing that I just dislike in general, it's people who <laughs> who willingly take on a victim mentality. Like, the world happens to me. Instead mm-hmm. of I can have influence. Af- instead of I can, um, yeah, I choose how I respond. I choose how I respond instead of I react uh-huh. to circumstances. Oof, really bad news for you, Isaac. But you're talking about like at least as far as the mainstream news makes me believe, like almost an overwhelming majority of people, the victimhood <sighs> mindset's a very attractive and easy one to get into. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't it be? It feeds right into your own worldview. Like to admit that you have some control over what you're experiencing is a responsibility for some people. Well, yeah, and that's that's exactly what they're missing is personal mm-hmm. responsibility and mental responsibility, right? And the power and that comes with it. It's it, it sounds it sounds kind of plastic and um, I'm not sure the right word, but it laminated. It sounds unempathetic for me to say that. Uh-huh. Um, it sounds laminated for me to say that. <laughs> when you it's, said plastic, I was just thinking of like a laminated sheet. <laughs> I don't know uh, why. Uh, yeah. So it sounds, sounds cling wrapped. Yeah, saran wrapped. It sounds yeah, it sounds unempathetic for me to say that because I know people have obviously gone through really mm-hmm. like difficult things. Um, yeah, and but there's yeah, I know people have gone through mm-hmm. terrible things, but I also know like the people who have gone through tough things and adopted a mentality of I can respond to this correctly. Mm-hmm. Like they're the people who are now like back on their feet. And they're just, they're More just living their, they're living their best selves when right. they, when they respond. I think that's the, the end that we all are not really the end, but that's the, that's the core belief that we all want to get to is that we choose how we respond. And it sucks a little bit once you realize that, because then when you find yourself angry, sad, et cetera, you realize that you kind of get to choose. Um, and you don't get to say anymore, well, they made me so mad. And it's like, oh, well, they put you in a position where it was a lot easier for you to become mad. Yeah. But uh, you on. still you still became mad because you chose to be. They'd be like, no, no, I didn't. And it's like, they keyed my car. And it's like, yeah, and you could have laughed at it. Like, I think you and I actually were talking about this a while ago, that if you went up to the Dalai Lama and said, you bald piece of crap, you're so stupid. He's not going to go like, oh, you hurt my feelings. And he's just going to go. <laughs> and like, because he's just. uh He's just a, you know, a little more disconnected like that. He doesn't take it personally. He gets to choose. He's going to laugh at it. Yeah. Because he knows it doesn't really matter. But, you know, of course, that's more on the, you know, personal ego level. 
this comes back to the superhero thing. We're not too far off in the weeds here, actually. It's because um, some of the conflicts that we see that rise up and like, I'm just going to, you know, call them what they are. Marvel films. They leave the people completely out of it. And that's who we are. We're not Iron Man. We're not the Hulk. Mm. We're not Thor. I'm not a demigod. Demigod. I don't know if you are. You have any abilities like that you want to tell me about? Um, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you have abilities, but you I don't have, want to tell me about I have, them. I have the ability to slice a mango perfectly against the seed. Oh wow! Do you have like <laughs> that? Is that is real? I'm not. I'm not making that up. I I can believe that. That's relatable. I can't I also do it. Am really good at eating um, grapefruit. I think most of my I think most of my superheroes. You're the fruit ninja. <laughs> I am the fruit ninja. I think they had made a game. That. I think they made a game based on you. Yeah. <laughs> it's very successful. Okay. Well, anyway, um, I it would be nice to see more uh, movies that focus on how the end because when a big conflict arises and the buildings in downtown New York and Manhattan are falling over, all the civilians do is just scatter and wait to be rescued, and it's like. That's not really much of a story of personal empowerment for us. Like, and even the leaders just dial up the superheroes and yeah. go, like, "Oh, are you causing this?" Yeah, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, like, what are you go? What are you guys up to now? They're like the landlord <laughs> getting a lot of noise complaints. <laughs> Iron Man's like, "Yeah, we'll try to keep it down." <laughs> that actually sounds like almost a response that no, he'd that's give. Such a good analogy. <laughs> yeah, the U.S. government's a little more than a landlord to the Avengers. Um, they just let them operate, but, um, <laughs> you're in a little ruckus from downstairs. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Avengers must've paid a fat damage deposit, <laughs> <laughs> a fat damage deposit on the earth, on the earth, <laughs> especially after Thanos got through with it. Um, oh God, what was I going to say? Oh, but, um, I, I wanted to uh, draw a parallel to, uh, you know, fantastic beasts and where to find them. Yeah, I watched the first one. Okay, well, the first, that's all you really need to know. I was just going to say that even in that movie, so Newt Scamander, he's, you know, a, a sorcerer or wizard, um, but he also carries around what <laughs> he carries around the, the food loving fellow with him. The guy, he's the muggle. He brings the muggle along for the ride. You remember who I'm talking about? Are the you, portly guy who falls in love with the witch. I don't. What? Okay. Well, just take I my can't word say on I was it. Thrilled with the movie. So it's maybe fine. you should keep talking. This is not a criti- this is not a critical analysis of Fantastic Beasts. Dang it! I really want to finish this thought. Can we finish this thought? <laughs> we have to. Okay. Thirty seconds. Um, we can't. We can't. You can finish the thought, but we're going to cut it out. Darn it! Okay. Uh, TBD. 